Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Sidred's podcast. In this episode, I was talking to James Chowdhury and Kevin Iglesias from the Real Estate and Chill podcast. These guys are awesome. We spoke so much about cryptos, NFTs. This is so educational. Stay tuned, listen in, drop any feedback in my Instagram or any of my socials. Would love to hear from you. My name is Sidrid Veselai. I'm a loan officer and branch manager for Guaranteed Rate. By the way, none of my views express my company's views, so let's just <laughs> disclaimer. You guys are a pretty big company, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So let, let's just separate each other for now, <laughs> just for this episode. But yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Love what you guys are doing for your communities, um, you know, on your podcast, on YouTube. Uh, you're crushing it, you know been a been a, a listener of your podcast so this is great yeah thank you for having me on we appreciate it we we connected actually from a good friend a mutual friend of ours jorge shout out jorge. to jorge he should be here yeah he should where is he yeah. he's in the city now so where is he why isn't he here <laughs> yeah i know he just moved to certain now he's <laughs> like he was telling he was like you guys need to link up with uh my uh my loan officer i work with because you're so heavily invested into nft stocks real estate everything we can name up and everything that we kind of encapsulate into our episode so we were like, all right, let's make it happen. Let's get him on the show. You live so far away. You were willing to take the drive over here. Four hours. Not yeah, bad. I mean, Not terrible. We so appreciate that's a lot of gas money. We really appreciate that. <laughs> Especially now. <laughs> Especially now. Premium is not cheap either. Yeah. Oh, oh, trust me. We, we, we see it in these potholes on Long Island. Do you have trouble with that? I mean, yeah. they patched it a little bit. So that would be pretty bit. bad if you got a little, a, bit, little bit. If you got like a flat tire on the way, that would, that would suck. Yeah, but hopefully not. Yeah. We got a lot of hard hitting topics today. So I'll let you pick. Which one do you want um, to start with first? Let, let's let's talk about you know the real estate market and you know what's happening and inflation. You know how how you know how it's impacting the mortgage rates. Um, I think we're we're at a you know uh, time where things are going to start shifting. Right in terms of mortgage rates. We're already seeing a spike, a huge spike. We're like, what, averaging around five and a half right now. And what's what's interesting, I mean, all the experts last last year were expecting rates to be like high threes this year, you know? Oh, yeah. But experts don't always get it right. Um, so so what, what's, what's interesting right now is we're finally starting to see a shift in inventory. So if you look at like the national data, Inventory went up from 850, uh, I'm sorry, 870,000 homes to 950. And I think that trend is going to continue because you'll have a lot of like sellers thinking right now that, hey, if we hit a recession, there may be a chance that, you know, house, house values are not going to be the same. So I think you'll you'll see a lot of sellers coming in the market uh, and, 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 you know, like less buyers due to that affordability issue where mortgage rates are so much higher, 2% or 2.5% more, um, you know, I think I think we'll see a different market. I think as most things are, like, they, they kind of go, like, either extreme right or extreme left. Yeah. Um, you know, like, you, you'll see kind of, like, bounce from a seller's market to a buyer's market. Uh, it may happen in the next six months to a year. Um to speak about the Federal Reserve, I mean, the Federal Reserve talks about like a soft lending, right, of the of the economy and not like a recession. Uh, but chances of a recession are super high. Eight out of the last nine times when interest rates went up, we've gotten into a recession. 
except 2008 when it was kind of a different recession. It was just a real estate uh, recession, crash, so, which was an horrendous. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And it wasn't our fault. No, no, no. We we weren't then. So whoever was lending, <laughs> that's all your fault. We we're not a part of that. I, I was in high school, I think. <laughs> so, yeah, literally. So that I graduated that year. Yeah, two thousand nine. Yeah, we're a whole different. We're a whole different side yeah. of it. Yeah. But I think that I mean I think you bring up an interesting point. I think that's something to know as a real estate agent because that's something I mean that you can bring up when you're talking to somebody about selling their home because I mean we're. We saw like a huge increase in price. What have you been seeing now? Like, I mean, have you seen like buyers at open house lines slow down a little bit or? Uh, I think it depends in the area and the price point too, right? Um, I haven't seen anything slowing down as of right now. Uh, what I have seen are buyers being affected by the rates, right? Yeah. They can right. no longer. Now when the rates are going up, it's pushing out a big buyer pool because those people can no longer buy. With The rates went up April 5th, I believe. Well, that's the yeah. Federal Reserve, but right. usually mortgage rates will go by what the ten-year Treasury right. goes, and that's that's the free market, you know. Like, but, but think about it; it spiked up so quickly. It was in the fours, right. and those people that weren't in were in contract and weren't locked into a rate now they're in the fives, which changes everything. Absolutely, so, it's it's impacting the the marginal buyers, right? Those that may be going up to like fifty percent debt to income. Yeah. Um, now that they, they no longer qualify, right? I yeah. mean, and, and what's going to happen is a lot of these buyers will start to look at like lower priced homes either further away or they may decide to, hey, let me put this on hold, see how this whole thing work out, works out. But eventually if we do have a, a recession, what's likely to happen is in, in, in any like, um, you know, once inflation drops, we should we should see rates drop as well. So to, to like break down inflation for those listening, um, it, it's inflation is too many dollars chasing too few goods. And that's exactly what happened during the pandemic. We had stimulus, which was needed, right? We, we should, you know, we didn't need the economy failing then during the lockdowns. But what happened is the Fed reacted very slowly to raising interest rate. They kept saying, hey, uh, this is transitory. Inflation is transitory. Trans- and, and they waited like a year before they started these rate hikes. And I think that, that is the result of what we see now where rates are where they're at. Uh, and, and they may continue going if inflation remains elevated or remains at like, you know, eight, six. They're going to look to bring it down to 2%. Right now we're at like 8.3. 8.3 now, yeah. 8.5. That's a long way. That's a gap. (laughs) Seems like it. Yeah. And the external factors, what's happening around the world, Russia, Ukraine, those are not helping either. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, the next, you know, six months, a year, I think they're they're going to be interesting for our industry and the economy as a whole. So question for you, like in terms of like the Boston market, right? Like in terms, like we're in two completely different markets, like New York, Boston. Correct. In the Boston market, like, are you seeing houses fly off the shelves at, like, you know, like 10% over asking price? Or, like, what are you seeing over there? Um, or what have you been? Maybe not at this point, but what have, what have you been seeing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, as recently as, like, a month ago, I had a client buy a two-family 20% over asking in Somerville, which is a kind of a suburb of, of Boston. 
uh, maybe like a 20 minute drive and it's insane. And this was a, a million dollar, you know, wow. Wow. So, so yeah. Uh, so the market is crazy. There is demand still, but I, you know, from talking to other real estate agents, I think that demand is kind of like, they're not maybe seeing 10 offers as they used to see. They're seeing probably three to five or maybe one. Uh, and I think it's good for some buyers, but buyers need to realize, hey, are they within their budget, yeah. right? Because if they're not, you know, that's that's not a wise decision to get into a mortgage that you can't afford. But Boston is a very resilient market in terms of real estate because, uh, you know, inventory is super low. I think we have like 3,000 single families in all of Massachusetts. That's <laughs> really not that Yeah, that's not a lot. That's not a lot. <laughs> 3,000 and I think 2015 were probably five, six times more of that. So... Uh, we barely just crossed the 3,000 mark recently. So it used to be like 27, 2,800. That's, that's single really Single family well in all of Massachusetts. But so I heard this one thing. I, I forgot like where I read it, but it was saying that like Blackstone and like these private equity firms were looking to buy up these areas, like buy up the single family homes. And they're trying to make it so every single person, like the average person is renting. Like they don't own, they rent. Like, I can honest, like, when you're saying that number, that scares me a little bit because I'm thinking, what if that's a real case? What if these people can't buy homes anymore and, like, the competition for these houses is so strong and it just continues in that route and then everyone just, a switch of a finger, just turns into yeah, a rental. Yeah, no, you're, you're, so BlackRock, I think, is actually buying single families and investing a lot in the residential market. The reason they're doing that is because of inflation. One of the yeah. best ways to fight inflation is by by getting owning a, a uh, uh, you know a residential pro- or real estate. Did I say Blackstone? That's a steakhouse in Long Island. We should go there. Somebody's somebody's hungry. <laughs> so um, yeah, they they are. Pro- I, I think it is an issue. I think you'll see more programs. I think there's talks about like rent to buy. Uh, programs that that some of these firms will offer. I I, I don't know. I mean, anything that will lower the inventory, I think it's an issue at at this time. Uh, But we'll see. I mean, it's a free market. People decide when they want to sell, when they want to buy. So uh, when fear takes over, like a recession, things do tend to slow down. Uh, But yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, my my take on, on BlackRock, I think, there should be like regulation that you know companies like Zillow. Zillow was trying to do the same thing. Remember, but they when failed they, miserably. Yeah, the, I buyer failed. Yeah, the I terribly. Buyer, exactly. Yeah. But some companies are still doing or buying Zillow's portfolio of those uh, properties. So yeah, BlackRock yeah. is not. I'm kind of glad they failed. <laughs> I mean, Zillow is there to provide leads in my in my view, and you know, like a search engine to mm-hmm. see homes. Just just stay in your lane. Yeah, right? stay in your lane. You know what's funny is that when Zillow was announcing that they're going into the real estate space, a lot of agents were very, very worried. They were, like, freaking out. <laughs> yeah. Still to this point. Yeah. Like, still but, to this point. Like, people don't want to spend money on Zillow. No. I mean, they lock into, like, a contract for six months, and but I don't know. It, it's, it's They do have a mortgage company, too. They have a mortgage company as well? Yeah, and they still sell leads to mortgage loan officers. So, yeah. I mean, I think their their biggest revenue generating income is from from the leads. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. 
Makes I think sense. last time they called me, this was probably like a year ago or so. It was like six grand for six months worth of leads. Oh, in the, in the zip code? In the zip code, yeah. yeah. It was like no, 50, yeah, 50, I know exactly what you're talking 15, about. 15, 20 leads. Yeah. They, they were giving, so they break it month. down, like in terms of zip codes, like, he, like I mean, in terms of counties. So yeah. they were saying that, actually, they changed it because they, they reached out to me. It was like $1,000 a month. You could do whatever you want. Yeah. Like, you could do more if you want. But then they lowered it now. Oh, now they did. Five hundred for each month for six months. Or I something. mean, you know, you know what's the same. You know what's we. You know what's really unique about their model, though, is like stocks. You like once you look into that town, it tells you like what percentage you can own of the market share in there really? and for what price. Yeah, and that's how they lock you in. But if you don't max it out, then somebody else can max you out, and then you won't be the number one person in that area. And you'll probably be secondary. Second those, or third. It depends. Like, it goes up. Like I said, it's it's a very smart model that they have. But you're basically, they're basically feeding you the leads that's supposed to go to you anyway. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's that's really what it is. But it's smart on their on their behalf. Oh, it's, it's perfect because everyone goes on Zillow. I mean, yeah. some people go on Red, Redfin or Realtor.com. But most, mostly at Zillow, yeah. Let me ask you guys a question. Have you guys had any effect, negative effect, uh, with people that were locked into a deal and now with the rates going up, they haven't been locked in. That's that like the deal has fallen apart. Yeah, yeah, I've had I've had a bunch that have backed out uh, from the deal. Actually, I mean, I had a new construction. They locked probably September of last year. They kept pushing and pushing until like February March of of this year. We kept extending the rate lock, and then finally the client that the the new construction wasn't ready. Finally, the client is like, I'm out. They're like, I don't feel comfortable with this new construction. Rates are higher. Uh, you know, like they went from 2875 to like 4-ish yeah, percent. Change. They're like, see you later. You know, I don't I don't blame them, you know. Um, more, more recently, I mean, I've had like pre-approved clients that they had to like lower their budget. Started in the 700s, went down to like 680, 650, 640. Finally, he got an accepted offer. So there you go. <laughs> Honestly, on my side of it, I have. Um, I mean, right now I'm working on a deal. They had a CO issue. Property doesn't have a CO for a two family. They did the work legally, but they didn't get the CO in the mail yet. Um, so they're waiting for the CO to come back. They were locked in for three months, not at my bank, a different bank, um, for three months, and then they switched over because um, they didn't want to work with the previous lender, um, and then. We can't even like we can't we can't do anything right now because like we don't know when the CEO is going to come back. Exactly. But the rate went. I think the rate was at like low threes probably, and now we're probably looking at like low fives, like low to mid five. I don't know exactly where we're going to be priced out, but it's a big difference because when you look at like the price point that they're looking at, the difference between two percent on the mortgage like interest rate is a big difference. So oh, oh yeah, especially 2%, on that's half, huge, especially yeah. on a half a million dollar loan. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you guys deal with bigger loan amounts around here too, but it depends. It's yeah, it depends. very, very big range. Very yeah. big range. Yeah, like you could be at like 200, you could be at like a million, you could be at like, you know, depending on like what numbers you go up to. But like, I mean, you know, I've done loans for like a little bit over a hundred thousand dollars before. You know, it, it all yeah. depends. The lowest one for me was fifty-seven thousand, and yeah, it was a condo. Dad bought it for <laughs> loan amount. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Dad, uh, son sold it to his dad, and yeah, it was yeah, it was, and it was like an in-person client that needed all the attention. Well, you know what? I mean, when you do good, it comes back. Good karma, right? Yeah. Um, Every client is a good client because 
we're not always looking for one just one deal, you know. Exactly. Like we want to we want to create relationships and build each other's businesses, you know. Exactly. So I can agree with you more. Let me ask so, you a question. How now with the rates going up? Let's just say there's a borrower that can't afford that monthly payment. I, I'm seeing a lot of pre-approvals because a pre-approval you can put up to like four people on one pre-approval, right? Um, I think it's up to three. I've never done four to be honest. I've had three many times, but I've seen it three. Could, it could I've be seen four. four before. Yeah, I know you can put four people in a deed. Yeah, you could, we could do four. Yeah, but it. I mean, I'm sure that there's some differences because obviously I'm not licensed in in Massachusetts. Yeah. So I don't know like the difference in the in the two states. We could do four. Um, right. but like four. Sorry, what was yeah. your question? So now, with let's just say that there's a borrower who can't afford a home. Now they're putting even more people on that pre-approval. But when they're presenting the offer, like I got an offer the other day, had three people on it, and I'm like, oh man, it's a headache. But it was the best offer. Really? But yeah, it was the best offer in purchase price and in down payment. But here's the thing: three people on the de- on the deal. I told myself, look, this. I don't know, man. Like, if something goes wrong with one of them, it's going to be a domino effect. It's going to affect the whole entire deal. But they had good good income. They had good jobs. Awesome. You know, they had a steady income. But here's the thing: where it went left. One of the borrowers got into a fight with the other borrower because they wanted to put the boyfriend on the deed. She said, "You do that, I'm out," and she was out. Now the whole deal is affected. Oh my god! Now they got to find a different borrower or yeah. family. Yeah. Now member. they're trying to work it in where she could use her overtime to basically yep. to yeah, count that income. Substitute you, that, you need that at borrower. Least two year overtime to count. It. So that's the crazy part that I'm that I'm looking at now is just like, yeah. <sighs> It's the nuts. only thing that I see with, with uh, let's say, so I'll, I'll have cases where it's husband and wife and they'll put like their father-in-law or whoever, another family member, uh, as a non-occupant co-borrower, meaning that third borrower won't be living in the property. Mm-hmm. Now, what we do have to do is that we have to count that person's housing income, or, or I'm sorry, housing expenses, like his mortgage, we have to count it. As debt? As debt, exactly. So... You may have one person with a four thousand dollar mortgage, but the other non-occupant has another four grand, so they may not qualify. So, if typically if they don't have a housing expense or they're all occupant primary residents, it's not an issue. But when there's non-occupants, keep in mind that there's additional expenses that they have to count, plus their other debt, yeah, car loans, student loans. That's a lot. Of, that's a lot. That's something that really people don't really touch on. Because I, I feel like seeing two people on a pre-approval is pretty standard, but once yep. you see more than two people, it's like, <laughs> what's going on here? No, right? I honestly they, think they, that, They're like, trying to put all the pennies together. and <laughs> I think we'll all be in agreement here. Like, there are situations that definitely come up where clients reach out and say, like, oh, yeah, we just want to add this person onto the deal. They're not going to live there, whatever the case may be. Like, we would be in a bad situation putting them on that deal. Because, like, if they're just going to try to throw somebody on the deal and, like, you know, it, it's not like a father-in-law. It's like somebody random, right? They just want to get the person yeah. on the deal to qualify. Like, if we're going to set that person up for failure, we're not doing our job correctly. Jorge! What's going on, Kevin? What's up, man? Yo, where where did you come from? Came from the city. (laughs) Actually, came from uh, me packaging. Oh, nice. Ah. How's it going, man? You have a big announcement. Yeah. We're officially signed on to Sarhan under the McPeak team. Boom. That's huge, man. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Uh, That was a move that I didn't see coming. You did it? No. Yeah, I know. A lot of people <laughs> did it. It was a shocker. That's been, awesome, though. Was working on it for a little while. You know. Sean's a monster, too. Sean's a beast. The, team, yeah. the, whole, the whole team's a beast. I see the whole team has be, been revamped. Yeah. 
a lot of new faces, a lot of new talent. New talent, new faces, new projects, new new everything. So another thing going on right now is that we've been seeing the NFT market move a lot. You know, it's been a it's been a very crazy past couple of I would say what weeks. I mean, I'm not like I'm not looking at it every day. You know, I'm not as educated on it as you you definitely are. You know, um, what have we been seeing the NFT market? What's been going on like really? Yeah, I mean, it? just just like the stock market. I mean, the the uh, crypto and NFT market has been you know um, has been kind of like crashing, right? You had like yeah. Ter- Terra Luna, this coin, like drop like 95, 98% of its value. I think it was like over $10 billion in market cap. Uh, change over two days, which is insane. Wow. And uh, You said 90 what percent? Like 95%. 95% two days. Yeah, in wow. 48 hours, yeah. yeah. That's, That's wild. Nuts. <laughs> That's so crazy. So a lot of people lost a lot of money, but I think... The lesson to learn with with crypto is that this volatility is going to continue until it gets adopted even more. And some of these bad actors are weeded out, right? You you have like coins that are started as as a meme coin, right? And and they blow up and then they lose all their market cap. So um, it's, you know, just like Gary Vee says, you know, 95, 98% of everything will likely fail, kind of like the the dot-com bubble of the 2000s. That's very likely to happen with crypto again, but those that will remain will will be uh, you know will be the industry leaders. Uh, I think it's important to know the fundamentals of crypto, like how uh, how how you know like the security part of it, the blockchain. Most most people don't realize the security behind it. So if you look at the Bitcoin or Ethereum blockchain, they're like one of the most secure things, uh, you know, in terms of holding your money, right? Like you could have your money in a hard wallet, in a safe somewhere. The bank doesn't own it. It's only you that that can have access to it. And that was like one of the big benefits that sold so many people to crypto. But this can be applied to every industry, literally. It will eventually be applied to real estate. I mean, people are trying things to sell homes like NFTs. Um, you know, they, they put them in an LLC. But eventually, I think... You'll you'll have a uh, you'll have like all the deeded system in the U.S. be like in a blockchain. Instead of needing an attorney to verify your title, you'll have it verified within minutes instead of days. And title insurance that's costing you five or ten grand right now to buy is going to cost you next to nothing. Oh, we love that. <laughs> <laughs> we love that. So I, I I and and that's what I mean. But by, by every industry is going to be impacted. Uh, because you can apply the blockchain, you can create a blockchain for almost everything. You can verify something. It's going to be on a ledger, and it's going to be very, very hard to be manipulated. So, sorry, I know I dropping a lot that, of bombs. That was a yeah. Lot, yeah. I mean, if you're an attorney, maybe you should be worried. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I think we should all be worried. Lenders too. I yeah, mean, I mean, what you, DeFi you, going? Uh, yeah, you, you'll you'll have you'll have these crypto lenders, you know, lending money in minutes rather than thirty days, and all these verification process done in minutes rather. Hey, Kevin than, will never call me again. <laughs> <laughs> it'll just be, it'll call it'll just be me here. <laughs> <laughs> But real estate wise, I feel like you. I feel like real estate agents are always going to be needed. Like I feel like when you purchase a home, it's I an agree. emotional purchase. Maybe we'll become a real estate agent. <laughs> Who knows? But the thing is, what about like? I'm I'm just curious if this doesn't exist. I'm sure this does exist. I just haven't looked into it. Are there like real estate agents 
for the metaverse that sell like plots of land like in the metaverse? There I are. think there are brokers. Yeah, okay. I mean, if if you're if you have enough knowledge, you can go directly on on um, OpenSea and buy a plot of land. But there are brokers resell just buying, you know, on OpenSea and then reselling for a higher price. Everything's taken a hit, so uh, you know values have come down. I think it's a good opportunity to buy right now. Not not investment advice. We always got to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, disclaimer. <laughs> just, just, exactly. Yeah. How do you get your license in the metaverse? I'm about to look it up. Oh, there's no license. Yeah, no. I oh, mean, you just it's, it's very high. So you're telling highly me a six year old can just sell me a plot of land on the metaverse? They probably did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they probably did today. <laughs> All right. So um, now we know. We're gonna we're gonna beat them to it. We're gonna be on the real. Yeah, we see you guys having all the fun. We're gonna go on the other side of it in the metaverse. We'll, we'll meet you there. Uh, I own two plots of land on, on the central land, and um, you know I've built like this NFT gallery. Still haven't done much with it, but we're we're gonna have a billboard where we're gonna advertise, and Jorge is actually gonna be there because uh, he's got a physical NFT gallery in Boston. In Boston, yes. right? So it, it like goes hand in hand perfectly, uh, but goes to show like i i think so the metaverse in my point of view it's going to be a different way to communicate just like we're communicating through zoom and through social media right web web 3.0 will be like the next type of communication right it's going to be better it's going to be more immersive maybe you're going to be in this room but you're going to feel like you're in a california beach or you know uh, miami right uh, it's just going to be a more immersive experience. You're going to spend maybe an hour, two hours a day. And yeah, it's, you know, like most people are not going to stay on there um, 24-7. But I do want to share this story. I was talking to my uh, son's daycare teacher. And she was like, she, so she's kind of a shy one, right? And she's like, oh, by because her eyes were red. And she's like, I had to wear my glasses because I was for so long on the Oculus VR and she's like, you know what, Sidrid? She's like, I'm so much more comfortable on, on that VR. There's a VR chat. She's like, I'm so much more comfortable talking to people on the VR chat. And she's like, already three guys have a crush on me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 but, you know, it's helping some people. And I think there's benefits to everything. Right? Is that technically a catfish, though? <laughs> I don't know if it is because maybe they'll never meet in but person. It, exactly. You know what I mean? But they right, and and it's like avatars. It's not the right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, is it a catfish? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't know. Because in the metaverse, you can make yourself look Wait, like. Wait, have you guys tried VR? I have. I've tried I have, VR. Yeah, I have, the, I have the Oculus Rift. I used it. I got it during quarantine, and I feel like uh, adding on to what you said, like quarantine, like kind of converted a lot of people who were like maybe a little extroverted into becoming a little bit introverted. So it's like, you know, like it kind of changed the dynamic of like what's been going on, like in social, you know, places. And like, I think that's an example. Like I've seen, I've done, I've went to the VR chat. I did it once. I was so scared that someone's going to hack my whole computer that I never went on there ever again. <laughs> but um, it was kind of funny, but yeah. yeah. And you got to be careful with, with crypto. I mean, right now there's so many like crypto scams. Uh, it is very secure, but if you're clicking on links, you're not supposed to emails, uh, DMS, you know, on, on discord or Instagram, just be super careful. Don't, don't click on like, if it's too good to be true, don't click on it. Right. Gary V is not going to, uh, airdrop you a free, <laughs> you know, uh, V friends, you know, out of nowhere. So yeah, just be very, very careful out there. Another, speaking about being careful, um, so Coinbase, 
Did you hear what happened with Coinbase and everything, what they've been saying about if Coinbase goes bankrupt, then the cryptos that people have in their Coinbase could not be Disappear. theirs anymore. Yeah. So there's two sides of Coinbase, right? There's a Coinbase kind of like a, a hard wallet where, um, you know, you have the keys to that, so that shouldn't be impacted. But there's also a custodian wallet, which most people use to buy, sell, convert the cryptos, right? And that's that's what majority of people have. So the way that that works, if it's a custodian crypto, it's kind of like Coinbase is acting like the bank, right? It's keeping the, the private keys of your wallet for you. So technically, you don't really own that custodial wallet. Same goes for PayPal. Same, same goes for Robinhood, right? If Robinhood was to fail, you know, that crypto is kind of gone. So unless you sell your position and liquidate. Uh, so that's what it means. Like if Coinbase was to fail today, goes bankrupt, well, they have custody of, of that money. They're kind of like holding that money for you. Well, if Coinbase has no more money, your money's gone. So it's the, so moral of the story is it's important to have it in a hard wallet for yourself basically. Correct. Right? Correct. Because then nobody can touch that. It, it, exactly. You're the, unless you're giving your security phrase to someone else. What, um, what NFTs are you invested in? So I own two V friends, one, Ooh. two V friends, two. Um, oh. they recently <laughs> dropped. Uh, I'm going, you. I'm going to VCon. I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you gas money to go back to Boston. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, those are, those are the main ones. I have two plots on, on the central end, which are considered NFTs, right? Um, sorry about that. And, uh, I have some smaller ones, which are this local artist, uh, Chantel, shout out to Chantel. She was part of our, uh, event, uh, back in January, the divine NFT that those are all, also really cool pieces. I think I got lucky with V friends and Gary V early on, um, you know, was following Gary V, you know, went, went home to my wife. I'm like, baby, there's these things called non-fungible tokens. <laughs> <laughs> the way you explain it is like, like a child talking to his mom. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and anyways, but that was where I spent my first four grand on. And what did she say? Did you have four like uh, grand? Yeah, I, I, yeah, four grand on on yeah. You got two V friends for four grand? No, I got one. The it si- doesn't matter. We even one for four grand. How yeah. much are they worth? They like so they're worth probably thirty, forty thousand each right now. Well, that's a good uh. See, yeah, I invested in Little Lemon friends, and I bought them for like. <laughs> keep talking about. It. I bought it for like probably like a thousand bucks or something. Now it's probably worth like ten dollars. Really? Yeah. So they 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 rug pulled you. Right, yeah. I guess. Yeah. It's I okay. But that's I've fine. Bought. This you, is why we always say don't learn, take yeah. financial advice because he kept talking <laughs> about it on every episode. <laughs> <laughs> My little lemon friend. It's a gold little lemon friend. That's little lemon friend burned you. you. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I think, you know, you should hold it. You never know what the community does with it. I mean, I think whenever you're investing in NFTs, uh, check what community they have, what utility that NFT has. So, for example, Gary Vee lets you go to his uh, conference, which is next week, actually. Wow. And I'm going in uh, Minnesota. There's going to be around 10,000 people. But see what utility they have behind. Most of these NFTs, they'll say, hey, we're going to do this, this, and that. They end up minting all the collection, 10,000 pieces, make $3 million, and they're out. So just be very, you know, like see the track record of who the founders are, what the team behind it is, because uh, there's still a lot, a lot of hype and scam, even though, 
not the same as last year. So yeah, sorry. Where were we? No, I have <laughs> I have a question. This yeah. brought it attention to a question I have for both of you. So would you rather like invest in something, a small portion of money into something, and be completely wrong, but have the chance of being completely right? Or not invest that money. You're saying this because you lost out. <laughs> you lost some money in your friends. Maybe. I, 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 I would invest it. Yeah, I would definitely invest it. I'm, I'm always about taking chance. I mean, calculated risks. Right, and it has to make sense. Yeah, yeah. maybe I mean, not a gold lemon, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But my, <laughs> my second V friends was nine thousand. So, but still, it's still yeah, exactly. They so, went as high as like seventy five grand floor price at one point. So. But the ETH is the same, right? Like it didn't go down in ETH price. It just like, it, the Ethereum price just went down. Um. Yeah. Both. Both. Yeah. In in ETH, it, it's it's fluctuated. It's fluctuated okay. between, I don't know, ten and twenty ETH. But then, yeah, Ether price also has fluctuated. So, um. Yeah. I mean, I think invest in NFTs, but be you know stay within your budget. You know. Um, when he dropped the V friends too, he said like a minimum thousand uh, dollars per NFT, which which was great. And people already flipped and made money on them. You know, they were gone for like three, four grand at one point, almost like one ether. Um, yeah, but lots of opportunities, man. I mean, but don't don't go. I I personally, if you're going to invest, I personally invest in Ethereum, Bitcoin. Litecoin, kind of like the the main ones that have been out there for a while. That there's a purpose. I mean, Bitcoin is the most famous one. It's the first one, hasn't gotten hacked. Thank God. <laughs> it's worth like a trillion dollars almost. Uh, Ethereum, there's so much utility behind it with NFTs. But eventually, I mean, if countries are adopting Bitcoin and Ethereum, their their price is going to continue going higher. So look for cryptos and NFTs that. Have a meaning, have a utility behind, and they're not just oh, you're. They're gonna go to the moon. Yeah, the moon is nice. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say this one thing: I don't regret it. I don't regret like all. No, of the, I don't regret it at all because I learned so much about it, and it's useful knowledge. Like I jumped into it. Like I, I know like a few things about it. You know, I'm not like totally blind to the whole idea of what nfts what smart contracts are i'm not blind to it like i know what i know what they are you know how to buy one exactly and like that's an important that's an important aspect of it so i like the fact that you know even if i made a mistake of whatever buying these things at least i learned stuff in in return so i'm happy about that i bought a picture of a monkey my first (laughs) nft (laughs) and i don't even know which wallet that was (laughs) it's somewhere in the universe (laughs) so question about bitcoin right so we have been seeing that you know bitcoin is supposed to be um going against inflation right so do you think that's still true based on what you've been seeing for the past couple of months well people want to treat it as a hedge against inflation kind of like gold but i think the market is is not there yet i mean i'm not I'm not an expert or to decide. I don't think it's there to be like a hedge for inflation. Uh, what I do know about Bitcoin is that majority of, of the, the shares out there, it's like I think 75 to 80% of the Bitcoins that are in circulation, they're not being traded, right? right. It's mostly like 20% that kind of like decides the volatility. And you should also look at institutional investments. There's so much institutional investment, including like, People like Tom Brady investing in cryptos. And majority of, of these firms that are investing in crypto, they're going to Bitcoin first, right? Because that's kind of like the safe haven. 
Um, so, I mean, don't, don't look at the big volatilities. If you can buy now, I think it's great. Kind of like average your price down from whatever it was, 69,000. Um, but yeah, look at it long-term, look at the technology behind it. Uh, but yeah, I don't personally look for hedges against inflation. I think real estate is best yeah. way to do it, right? We I can mean, all agree on that. It's going to grow five to 10% a year, some years three, some years two, but uh, another cool stat about the real estate is, except the last recession, which was a real estate recession, most other recessions, real estate prices went down two to three percent. On the last one, I think they went like down like twenty on average. But most other recessions, even if we have a recession now, we're not gonna see like a huge drop in prices. So, especially if inventory remains super low. Anyways, back to crypto. Yeah, <laughs> um, but I think that. Um, for like everything crypto wise, like everyone investing into it. I still think that it's, I, th I think if you don't want to throw money into it, like my personal opinion is at least research into it, you know, like just look at like money's moving every day and just look into where the money's going. Cause there's always money to be made where there's millions and billions of dollars moving into something. You know, I think it's, I think it's a good idea to look into it. A hundred percent. Kevin, have you looked into it? Not yet. No. See, you don't this have is the first person. Crypto. I don't have any, any, on, any right. crypto NFT. We're going to set up a wallet when All right. we're done Sounds here. Sounds good. So well, you can... let's give a quick shout out because our first NFT that you should buy is... Well, he's... Oh, uh, hands-on NFT? Hands-on hands -on NFT. NFT. I was the first purchaser, I think, right? I still have mine in my MetaMask wallet. I don't know my login, though. But <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> I still have it. It's <laughs> on my work good. computer. I was with uh, Jorge and Noah, and they were just like telling me how to do it through MetaMask because I had no idea. But um, great, great project. You, you definitely, definitely want to remember your passwords and your key phrases. And I have my key phrase. Oh, okay, cool. I, have, cool. I took a picture of it. Cool. Picture? No. Write it down. Put it somewhere safe. Not no on pictures? Your, not on your phone. No. Okay. Someone can hack your phone and get the I have an actual. All right, you're right. You're right. You're right. Don't, you're right. don't matter. <laughs> I'll could, write it down in the back could, of my. Could hack an iPhone. What is it? Pegasus. There's, I have no idea. There's a. There's a big like hacking firm, Pegasus. But anyways, yeah. That's beyond us. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, is there anything else we want to touch base on? Anything else you could leave off with? Uh, I don't know. You guys are awesome. Love what you're doing. Love all the guests you've brought on here. Uh, it's it's inspiring. Uh, I have my own podcast and. I know how much work it is, you know, keeping up with, with everything. So plug it in your podcast. Yeah, plug it in. Yeah, it's uh, Sidrit's podcast, actually. My first name, podcast. Uh, you know, we talk about crypto, NFT, real estate. Uh, most recently, we had Eric Simon from The Broke Agent. You know, um, so, yeah, that was a great episode. Uh, but, yeah, lots of – I'm all about, like, education, all about providing value to, to my community. Uh, and, and I think that's – that's where social media has made a, a life-changing difference for me. Uh, it's helped me grow my business, become more confident, become more accountable to myself, right? And seeing other people like you guys, it, it really makes you become a better person. Well, we appreciate uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, it's we honor to have you that. here. Of course. Likewise, I actually bro. have one more question. Let's do we, it. Because we are about... I know. I know. I know. I know I'm sorry. But I, I was going to ask if you could trade me... Uh, I'll buy a little lemon friend? friend for a view friend. Oh, I would love to do that. Actually, you know what? That, Let's that's get you question. the wallet. <laughs> so um, right now, 
difficult time for loan officers in the industry. You know, a lot of people are leaving the industry. A lot of, you know, people are moving from place to place. What advice would you give a loan officer? Like, I would love to hear your perspective of it. A brand new loan officer or? Loan officer or just like a new loan officer in the game. Like, what advice would you give them as we're entering into a more difficult market? Reach out to all your contacts on Facebook, Instagram. Hey, guys, I want to remind you, this is what I'm doing. I'm still here. Uh, would love to, you know, work with you or your family or anyone you know of. Just make yourself available out there and obviously social media. Uh, I think Instagram works great, especially if your family, friends are following you. Those typically be the biggest supporters uh, at first and throughout, you know, your career. Recently, I had like two high school friends reach out and, you know, like they bought a home. So you never know who's... and. That is because of social media, right? I mean, I haven't kept in contact with them. All they've seen for the last 10, 12 years is social media for me. Um, so, yeah, definitely have a social media strategy in place. If you don't, you're you're going to be left behind. Uh, and I think a, a lot of, like, legacy loan officers and real estate agents, they are being left behind because they're not applying social media. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's my that's my biggest advice. You know, reach out to everyone on your, you know, make yourself available. You know, like, I mean, I have, you know, like my my company does a good job of like CRMs, so I I constantly like send out emails to whatever a thousand people that I have on on my network, um, and yeah, yeah, no, it's 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 all about staying staying up to date and then try to educate people. You know, like use your social media wisely. Um, yeah, that's as much as I have for that. But yeah, newer loan officers, I think the industry in general is going to start seeing some consolidation. Yeah. So, you know, you're not to. Yeah. I mean, I think for the first time in years, there was less, um, less applications for realtors, like 40,000 less or so. Um, so you'll see more people leaving the industries, they're going to realize, hey, part-time is not worth it. Let me go back to what I was doing. Same thing for loan officers that started in 2019, 2020, 2021. Well, they did some money with refis and purchases, but now it's back to like fundamentals, basics uh, to, you know, like literally, you know, it's only purchase market, right? And how do you differentiate yourself out there? So, A lot of knowledge. Thank so, you, man. Where can people reach out to you? Uh, so Instagram, Sidrid.Veseli. That's most of my social medias. Uh, if you Google it, yeah, Sidrid.Veseli. And uh, in addition, yeah, the podcast. I mean, I'm, I'm all over the place. So YouTube, I mean, I'm not going crazy with YouTube. But yeah, Sidrid.Veseli, anywhere. So right. you'll find it. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Your support means so much to me. And one way for you to support me is by following this podcast and liking this episode and also by leaving a review. In addition, don't forget to check out my Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at sidrit.veseli for more daily content. If there's anything I can help you with, message me directly on any of my platforms. Thank you and talk to you soon.